Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Seven things you don't really need to know, but probably should. I'm Jamie East, and this, this is the Sunday Seven. On this week's Sunday Seven, we get the inside track on Mark Zuckerberg's Twitter killing app threads. We hear about the new post-life option that is water cremation, learn about Kirigami adhesives, and find out what dolphin mothers are saying to their calves. But first, on this day in 1979, Voyager 2 made its closest pass to the planet Jupiter within a mere 350,000 miles. That was close enough to take pictures of cloud formations on the surface and show volcanic activity activity on its moon Io. Okay, there's no messing around this week. We're going to get straight into our weekly chat with Will Guy, the uh, Sunday 7's tech expert, who's been a busy boy, and mainly thanks to Elon Musk. Will, how are you doing? I don't know, up from down at the moment. Saturday lunchtime, just having a little chill out. Uh, Twitter starts displaying a, a, a random thing, which we all thought was an engineering problem, which was rate limit exceeded, and it's gone from there. Yeah, I had that too, but Elon Musk came out and said it was due to something else. What was it he said? He was suggesting that all all of that data on Twitter, all of the conversations that were taking place, was being uh, scraped by companies and used essentially to train um, their, uh, their their new algorithms. Um, and, and so he was saying, look, I'm going to work out a method of fixing this. But in the meantime, I'm going to restrict the number of tweets you will see. And everybody was like, what? Then out of nowhere, this just disappeared. There was a scurrilous unconfirmed rumour that it was down to something slightly more basic, wasn't there? Well, I can tell you the rumour was, two weeks before, there was a story suggesting that a billion dollar cloud contract with Google was set to expire on the 30th of June. Um, And Elon Musk was playing hardball and trying to get a significant discount on the contract. It could have been, let's say, that the company called Elon Musk's bluff when his remaining team of engineers were all out on an extended Independence Day weekend in the US. And, uh, you know, the cynics amongst us would say, Musk attempted to style out this huge mistake. Well, at least this week got a bit better, right? (laughs) Talk to us about Threads. For the uninitiated, isn't Threads just Facebook Twitter? It's Twitter from five years ago when it was still good, operated by Meta, and it's become the fastest growing social network ever uh, within the first 24 hours. Um, And my brain is spinning. I think it had something around 30 million people sign up for accounts in the first 24 hours. We heard about this probably about six to eight weeks ago, and they were really clear at Meta that they were going to release it when they were ready. Um, I don't think it's a coincidence it suddenly became ready this week when Twitter had had such a nightmarish week. Mark Zuckerberg's a vulture circling a very thirsty Elon Musk who's stranded in the desert, isn't he? Yeah, Zuckerberg, uh, his first post on 
on, on threads said uh, Twitter has had its chance but has never managed it I'm going to get this platform to 1 billion users and um, he took back to Twitter for his first post in a decade and he posts that uh, famous Spider-Man meme you know the two people in Spider-Man costumes pointing at each other so you don't know who the imposter is that's been in his drafts for years right <laughs> yeah well Zuckerberg um, tried to buy Twitter in 2013 for 500 uh, million dollars he didn't get very far I've said in various places and have been pilloried by some people but I think this could be the death blow for Twitter and what's been Elon's response there is news that he is now attempting to sue uh, Meta with the suggestion that the company has hired lots of ex-Twitter engineers and therefore it was stealing the company's ideas um, they were the engineers that Elon Musk fired I think this isn't going to cause the team at Meta a, a, any sort of headache at all they were they were expecting something like this i'm fairly confident okay well let's have your professional verdict is threads a viable twitter alternative uh, in the first 24 hours i saw no spam and, and no nazi supremacists so based on that factor it could actually be a super successful platform uh, the one thing that's frustrating at the moment the feed on um, on threads is algorithmically generated and that hasn't been working particularly well because i've been seeing paris hilton all day don't try and pretend that you don't feel Paris Hilton will. Thank you so much for joining us, mate. We'll see you next week. Go and say hello to Paris for us. Love a bit of Paris. Let's hot. Everyone's got a plan for what happens when they die, whether it's a traditional 10-day mourning period and full state funeral or just a low-key cremation. But now a new option's entered the chat, which promises to dispose of your earthly remains in the most environmentally friendly way possible. The official name for the process is called resumation, also known as water cremation, and it's about to be made legal in the UK. We're definitely not calling it by the more popular nickname, the boil-in-the-bag funeral, though. Water cremation rose to fame after Archbishop Desmond Tutu requested it in South Africa in 2022, and Director of Life and Death Studies at Durham University, Professor Douglas Davis, explains how it works. So it is pressurised alkaline solution, heated, over a period of time, and that then reduces all the, the dissolvable parts of us, taking us back to our basic elements. I guess many of us are very familiar with that phrase that's been part of funeral services for hundreds of years when we talk about earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, which, put it another way, is saying element to element. And that's what's happening in resumation. I, I sometimes like to play with the concept lifestyle and death style. I've got a feeling that people with an environmental lifestyle would opt really for this, for resumation as their death style. There's a coherence about it, really. Still to come on the Sunday 7, what dolphin mothers are up to and the mysterious art of Kirigami. Sport and science are regular bedfellows these days, with almost every sport surrounded by analysis, technology and performance coaching based on the insights gained. One sport you wouldn't automatically associate with science has to be surfing. But native Hawaiian surfer and scientist Cliff Capono has been busy applying science to the waves and helping to 3D map the world's premium surf spots. Along the way, he's also keeping track of coral reefs, monitoring their health and studying how they're formed. He says it's the perfect combination of his two passions. I think being a, a surfer and a scientist as an occupation involves equal parts 
trying to surf the best waves on the planet, but also spend a significant time trying to figure out how we can protect these waves as well. Our lab is looking to map the best waves around the planet. Uh, we believe that finding these um, resilient reefs, as we like to call them, that also have the best waves, um, by learning more about them, we can have a better understanding on how to uh, influence policy change or better management practices as the climate changes in our lifetime. Have you ever heard of Kirigami? Think of it as origami's cousin. No? Well, it's the ancient Japanese art of cutting paper. A team of scientists at Virginia Tech in the US have been studying the methods of kirigami, and they think they found a new way to increase the adhesive bond of normal tape by up to 60 times. Oh, and it's dead easy to remove. That's not just good news for present wrapping. It could have implications in wearables, robotics, and manufacturing. Associate Professor of Mechanical Engineering at Virginia Tech, Michael Bartlett, explains how it all works. We got inspired by art to create engineering designs. And in one approach, what we wanted to do was to utilize this kirigami technique, where you can add cuts to films to control their properties. So most adhesives, you take them, you put them in contact with the substrate, and then all you do is take one side of it, and you peel it off. What we did was by adding cuts, we take the same adhesive material and we apply it in the same way. And now when we take the front of this film, we begin to peel it, something different happens. What happens is that every time that separation gets to one of those cuts, it gets stuck. To unstick it, we actually have to pull harder to separate it. And this continues down the whole film where I have to peel it aggressively every time it gets to one of those features. But what's so interesting about these features is that I can actually grab the adhesive from the other side and I can peel it off just as easily as I did that unpatterned piece of adhesive film. Still to come on the Sunday 7, meet Belle the Robofish and why bringing back the bison could be a game changer. Right after this. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome back. Dolphins and mankind have a long-standing, well, long-swimming relationship. We see them as our friends in the ocean. They're highly intelligent, relatively friendly and unlikely to bite a chunk out of your leg. But we may have more in common with our bottlenose buddies than we thought. A new study published in the Proceedings of the National Academy of Sciences suggests that dolphin mothers heighten the pitch of their whistles when communicating with calves. Someone who knows more about dolphins than is probably healthy is Layla Sahig, and Layla's on the line now. Layla, how are you doing? Very well, thanks. Talk to me about motherese. That's the kind of voice that uh, an adult would use when trying to communicate with a, with an infant or a baby or a child, isn't it? Right, right. That kind of sing-songy, higher-pitch type voice. And what's the psychology behind that? Well, in humans, there's actually been a lot of research on motherese, and it's um, very widespread among different cultures and languages. 
And it's um, studies have shown that it actually promotes language acquisition, that human infants prefer to listen to that type of speech. And so it enhances their attention. And it's also thought to actually um, promote bonding between um, infants and caregivers. Now, my dumb, non-scientific brain can accept that, but how on earth did we discover that bottlenose dolphins do it too? <laughs> yes, it is kind of a, a fun uh, thing to have, to have looked at. And, and I guess I should just clarify right off the bat that although we found that dolphins increase the frequency of their so-called signature whistles, these individually distinctive whistles that are like names um, when they're communicating with their calves, we don't know anything about the functions of it the way we do in humans. So if we can assume that a human uses it to help a child develop language, is it much of a stretch to assume that that's what dolphins are doing too? Um, well, I actually would clarify that we don't use the term language when we talk about dolphin communication. We really don't have anything really even close to what we would call language, at least as defined for humans. But they are capable of what we call vocal production learning, which is learning how to produce sounds, which is something very central, obviously, to human language. And, um, and and actually fairly rare among mammals. A lot of mammals, even our closest relatives, like the chimpanzees, don't have that skill for vocal production learning. So it does seem like, you know, there, there really could be a similarity there in terms of how um, these, this so child-directed communication or motherese might function in, um, in dolphin communication. I think in years to come, we're going to find out that dolphins have been studying us and they're amazed to find <laughs> that we use motherese on our children. <laughs> <laughs> that could well be. Definitely could be. I always try to say, you know, hey, it might just be something we haven't discovered yet. Studying marine life's pretty difficult. The ocean's an unforgiving place, and the very presence of divers or submersibles can scare off fish and other ocean-living residents. But students at ETH in Zurich have come up with a clever solution, a three-foot-long robofish which uses AI to autonomously navigate its location underwater. Student Leon Guggenheim is one of the team who came up with the concept. So our idea was to create a platform that actually fits into the ecosystem and that gets accepted as part of it. That's why we then developed a fish that behaves like a fish and is also accepted by other marine creatures as a fish. The Robofish, which is called Bell, has a high-resolution camera, can take DNA samples and has a silicon fin which powers it through the sea. The soft tail means there's no turbulence in the water and fish treat it, well, like a fish. Assistant Professor of Robotics Robert Catchman, the perfect name for someone who designed a fish, surely, explains the fact that Bell can fool other fish opens up a whole new way to research ocean life. If you look at the way that we're currently going into the oceans, that does a large, uh, either unmanned underwater vehicles, um, but they are definitely very disturbing and they are certainly not made to go into these more delicate environments where we would love to get the eDNA from. So that's not our goal, right? We want to really go in there and be as silent as, as like a spy, it's just literally going in and being a spy on the marine life. in difficult times from a climate point of view. The last week since some of the highest temperatures recorded on sequential days since global record keeping began in 1979. The UN says it appears climate change is now out of control and that we're approaching a catastrophic situation. So what on earth can be done? Well, in Ireland, there are discussions about culling part of the national dairy herd to cut down on methane emissions. 
and farming generally is in the spotlight for its practices and the environmental cost of modern methods. But one man has come up with an interesting solution, ripping a page from the Wild West. Historically, tens of millions of buffalo roamed across the US plains, but as civilization developed, they were replaced with cows and farmers turned to fertilizers and weed killers to control their land. But now, professor at Arizona State University Peter Bike says there are lessons we need to learn from the way bison used to graze and that those radical lessons should be applied to modern cattle farming. Well, so adaptive multi-paddock grazing, amp grazing, is a way that mimics the way bison have moved across the Great Plains. And so it's really about the animals hit an area really hard and then they leave it for a long time. I anticipate we'll get a lot of pushback because people are not thinking that cows can be a part of the solution. I asked for money for McDonald's for this. I, I wanted to go to big companies because if they don't change, we don't get there. This has been the Sunday 7. Wherever you're listening, do us a favour and hit the follow button. We'll be back tomorrow at 7am with the regular Smart 7. Have a great rest of your weekend. Written, produced and published by Daft Doris. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum.